12. Episode 12. Please proceed with care. This podcast contains a lot of references to sex. Welcome to 12 with Sarah Sloan, a podcast series exploring the 12 different ways a woman is apparently able to orgasm. This episode is dedicated to you, dear listeners, and the multiple orgasm. Thank you for sticking with me this far. I hope that you have enjoyed listening. Ideally, you will have learnt something and or tried something new. My ambition all along has been to honour female sexuality by spending time educating myself about it, trying to understand my unique form of it and sharing what I find. Since I started 12, people have come out saying that there are actually 14 ways a woman can orgasm, adding the megagasm and the eargasm to the list. In this development, I see that our potential for pleasure is vast, and yet, for many of us, so much of it remains unexplored. Like a car that has the capacity to reach incredible speeds, but spends its time navigating city traffic, averaging 14 miles an hour, when it was designed to be on a racetrack or on the open road. I've said it before, I do not want sexual gratification to become another must-have or must-do. I appreciate that for some listeners, the only option is for the car to be driving around the streets of a city right now. The only reason I try to regularly head out for the open road or the racetrack is because orgasms seem to keep me sane. I definitely react to the chemical changes in my brain that they produce. They help me to relax and disconnect from the constant chatter of my mind. They ground me by which I mean they bring clarity, perspective and an openness. And in becoming grounded and more relaxed, I find it easier to figure out what needs to be done. I find strength to drive forward what I need, what my family needs and what is the right thing to do. Has 12 helped me tap into my unique creative voice? You tell me. So what exactly is a multiple orgasm? For the purpose of 12, a multiple orgasm is having more than one orgasm in one sexy session. Now that session could last a couple of hours or half a day. It could be that you have one orgasm after another in quick succession. In my mind, it doesn't really matter. All that matters is that instead of stopping after orgasm number one, you keep going. Be ready to stay up late, or when we are out of lockdown, book the childcare. For the multiple orgasm requires space and time, and according to the experts, quite a few other things. When H and I explored the magical multiple, we ended up experiencing something that we were definitely not expecting. Not in our wildest dreams. But first the science. The most in-depth study into multiple orgasms took place two years ago and was the focus of the documentary The Super Orgasm on the UK's Channel 4. Jeanette, who is super orgasmic and the star of the show, has become my new shero. She managed to have multiple orgasms whilst in an MRI scanner and strapped to restrictive headgear. Her amazing talent enabled US scientists to study her brain's activity when climaxing. What did they discover? 
Well, they talked a lot about how little they knew about female sexuality and to admit, in a rather confused way, that it had been overlooked. Excellent. OK, we know that. They then went on to explain that 30 areas of the brain light up when a woman orgasms. Areas responsible for emotion, satisfaction and joy, among others. They interviewed a number of women like Jeanette who can have up to 60 orgasms in an evening. Yes, you heard that correctly. When studying these super-orgasmic women using an EEG, they found that they were twice as aroused as single-orgasmic women when presented with stimulating content, and that their second orgasms were more intense in terms of brain activity, so even better, than the first. It turns out that super-orgasmic women release more oxytocin, the bonding hormone, the hormone that makes you feel all cuddly, warm and happy, than single-orgasmic women. That might sound pretty obvious. They're having more orgasms, so would naturally release more oxytocin. But I find it interesting that their second orgasms were more powerful than the first in terms of brain activity. Like the first was just a warm-up. The scientists also found that these amazing super-orgasmic women released high levels of oxytocin before masturbating suggesting that just the thought of sex helped their bodies get in the mood. No doubt, like me, you want to know what makes these women super orgasmic. And the answer was that modern science doesn't really know yet. One scientist admitted that women are incredibly complicated. What we do know is that all the women were less inhibited about their sexuality, knew their bodies really well and spent time getting to know what worked for them. One female scientist put it in terms of playing in a band. You need to have full mastery of your own instrument before expecting to create something great when playing with others. Women do not have a refractory period in the same way that men do. Once a man has ejaculated, his capillaries need time to rest before they can fill up with blood and their penis becomes erect again. How long it takes depends entirely on the man, but it tends to be the rule that the older men take longer than the younger ones to recover and go again. Whereas women, they don't have this barrier. The following information is thanks to an article on WebMD, an American website that provides health and medical news and information. Masters and Johnson, two sex therapists, explain the process of what happens to people during sex through four stages. Excitement, plateau, orgasm and resolution. What is described focuses on the experience for people with vulvas. Excitement. Your skin starts to flush, your muscles get tense, your heartbeat gets faster, blood begins flowing quickly down to the clitoris and vagina, and the vagina gets wet. When plateauing, the vaginal lips become puffier. The tissues of the walls of the outer third of the vagina fill up with blood, and the opening to the vagina narrows. The clitoris disappears into its hood, I did not know that the opening to the vagina narrows when women are aroused. Very interesting. 
And then, when a woman actually orgasms, the first third of the vaginal walls contract rhythmically every eight-tenths of a second. The number and intensity of the contractions vary depending on the individual. After climax, when in resolution, the uterus and clitoris return to their normal positions, with some women able to respond to additional stimulation with additional orgasms. Important stuff to understand. What I really want to know is what I can do to become one of these super orgasmic women. I mean, why not fill your life with free pleasure? Travelling, clothes, spa treatments, scuba diving, good food are all expensive. The advice is as follows. Loads more time on foreplay. Nice. The reason being that if you are more aroused, you are more likely to be able to sustain multiple orgasms. You are also more likely to have multiple orgasms if you are fit. You need energy to keep going and if you have a strong vagina. That makes sense. If you have strong vaginal wall muscles, you're going to have more stamina and the ability to entertain the rhythmical contractions of orgasms. And here we enter into the world of controversy, because there are many ways to get a strong vagina, but not everyone agrees on the validity of all the methods out there. Any mother who has wet their pants on a trampoline yearns for the French system, whereby a woman has follow-up pelvic floor appointments after birth, paid for by the state, to ensure she gets back to full health. But for the rest of us, enter jade and yoni eggs, kegels, and pelvic floor exercises. Kegels are well known in America, but are effectively a name for pelvic floor exercises. Yoni and jade eggs were thrown into the mainstream by Gwyneth Paltrow's Goop several years ago, quickly followed by a wave of contention. A jade egg is a specific type of yoni egg named after the material it is made of. Yoni eggs, if they are not jade, are made out of other natural crystals. The yoni is where life begins. The Sanskrit word means the source, the womb and the vulva. Cutting a long story short, Goop was pulled up for pseudoscience because it claimed that the jade egg could help with medical conditions, despite there being no scientific evidence to back up the claims. Other issues raised include cultural appropriation, potential exploitation of natural resources, jade is hard to source, incorrect information about the jade egg's origins and the danger of infection and even toxic shock syndrome. This last concern, danger of infection and toxic shock syndrome, was promoted tirelessly by Dr. Jen Gunter, an American gynaecologist. Flash forward to 2020 and jade eggs are back on sale at Goop with amended sales chat that leaves a lot more to the art of suggestion. Layla Martin, sex, love and relationship coach, shares on her YouTube channel that 89% of women experience better orgasms after using a yoni egg just three times. Kim Anami, who I've mentioned before, who is a relationship and sex coach as well as a vaginal weightlifter, is a huge advocate of using them and came out very strongly indeed against Dr. Jen Gunter. Kim cites over 10 benefits from using a yoni egg. I have cherry-picked my top three. 
strengthen your pelvic floor, have more orgasms, have better orgasms. By better, King says, I mean mind, body and spirit altering G-spot and cervical orgasms that are longer, deeper, more intense and include the ability to ejaculate. I have spent time digging around these eggs and come to the following conclusion. I might be missing something, but I can't see how yoni eggs differ from a Kegel sizer, an instrument designed in the house of Kegel that looks like anal beads that women use to strengthen their pelvic floor muscles. I think the concern from Dr. Jen and others was the fact that women were leaving the yoni egg inside them for extended periods of time sleeping in them, for example. Kim and Layla are very clear on this not being an effective way to use a yoni egg. Like the advice coming from medical professionals, those promoting yoni eggs and getting results are suggesting a daily practice for around 15 minutes. The hygiene concerns surrounding yoni eggs confuse me. Yes, the materials used, jade and natural crystals, are porous, but I just don't see how a well-looked-after yoni egg, washed before and after use, can carry more germs than a penis or someone's hand. And what about dildos? And finally, the cultural appropriation and misleading marketing argument. So the story is that jade eggs are an ancient, guarded secret of Chinese royalty used by queens and concubines. Since this claim, there has been a study which involved looking at over 4,000 ancient Chinese artefacts. No jade eggs were found or mentioned. It would be good to hear from an expert on ancient China, but none of the numerous articles I read included the Chinese point of view, and frustratingly, I couldn't unearth anything during my research. I'm keen to strengthen my pelvic floor muscles, and in doing so, potentially take in some of the other benefits that happy yoni egg users have shared. Feedback from satisfied women includes, I don't feel separate from my body anymore, and I feel much more powerful. I've got a yoni egg on order from a company that sources sustainably. I'll let you know how I get on. Apparently, breath control and edging can also help with the art of the multiple orgasm. Edging is the ability to bring yourself to the point of orgasm and then stop. In a 1956 paper published in the Journal of Sexual Medicine, James H. Siemens, giggle giggle, introduced the stop-start method to help people last longer before reaching orgasm in a bid to overcome premature ejaculation. This approach has since been adopted more widely as a way to have better and more orgasms. Unfortunately, as with so much good stuff in life, mastering edging takes, yeah, you guessed it, time and practice. But it is an excellent way to get to know yourself better, specifically your sexual preferences and responses. It is also a way to ensure you aren't thinking about anything else. You have to be in the moment to practice edging. No getting distracted by your annoying internal dialogue. Fantasies welcome. Worrying about work impossible when focusing on your body's pleasure. Where to start? Well, you can start with a partner, but I practice solo. With our busy schedules, I found it much easier not to rely on H. 
I took the following step-by-step -step guidance from an article on Healthline, another American website, paraphrasing the author, Timothy Jewell. 1. As always, make your environment as ideal as possible. Lock the door, turn out the lights, light some candles. 2. Get in the mood physically with some loving self-touch. 3. Start masturbating. 4. When you feel like you're about to come, stop stimulation. Take your hands away or slow down your movements. Take deep breaths or open your eyes if you need. Go back to focusing on how or what got you excited. Take note of how your body changes. Do you feel tenser, more excited, sweating or shaking more? 6. Start touching yourself again or masturbating faster. After your break, repeat steps 1 to 3 again. Do this until you feel ready to orgasm. 7. Let it go. Allow yourself to reach orgasm. You might notice your orgasm lasts longer or feels more intense. Pay close attention to the feeling and see if edging made any difference in your pleasure. Timothy then goes on to talk about ballooning, which is another technique for men to use to extend their staying power. I want to stress that edging might not be for everyone. As we know, sexual pleasure is subjective. You might love keeping yourself from orgasm, but others might prefer to just go for it. So far, I have failed at edging. I stop the orgasm, but then I don't seem to be able to get it back again, which is really frustrating. It's all about practice, practice, practice. I haven't used breath control yet, so perhaps that will help. And it seems that I have let you down, dear listener, because it has taken me until episode 12 to discover and now share the simplest of ways to improve our sex lives. Being mindful of the breath. The advice goes as follows. When entering into a sexual encounter, breathe deeply because, as we all know, deep breathing calms us down, taking us out of stress and keeping us in relaxation mode. You know you are deep breathing because it sounds like moans and groans when you are enjoying yourself versus high-pitched whoops or yelps. Then Kate Scalisi, a pleasure-based sex educator in New York, explains, as your pleasure builds, think about taking deep breaths all the way down into your genitals. This will shift your focus there, heightening your sensation and making it more likely to experience orgasm. Breathing deeply and staying aware of our breath keeps us in the moment. And if we're breathing in unison with our partners, which can happen spontaneously during sex, it further deepens the connection. Scalisi also suggests breathing through just your nose. This, I quote, brings in more oxygen than breathing through your mouth, gives you a natural high from the nitric oxide and engages your core and pelvic floor differently. H and I have tried for the multiple orgasm a couple of times now. For us, there has been a playfulness around the multiple that has made our explorations fun and relaxed. I think because it's technical, but not intimidating. It's not a case of having to try something totally new. In fact, it has provided the perfect opportunity for us to put what we have learned through 12 into action. As I mentioned earlier, 
the resounding advice to achieving number 11 of the 12 orgasms is to have a lot of foreplay. Music to my ears. H always takes the expert seriously. Love him. And who am I to argue? Attempting the multiple has flagged what I already knew, that my pelvic floor needs strengthening. The birth of my first child damaged it and I still haven't regained full strength. I've been very close to two orgasms in one session, but no cigar. So what happened? What's this big twist in the tail I can hear some of you asking? Drum roll, please. When H and I tried for the multiple orgasm, I didn't have one, but H did. Stunned silence. I know, right? I'm not going to speak on his behalf, so I'm not going to share any more details here. Episode 14 will be a conversation between H and I, during which I'll be able to ask him all about his multiple orgasm. What did it feel like? How does he think he made it happen? And he might give us an answer. Hopefully, you can wait that long. I was blown away when he told me. I knew something special was going on, but he did have to explain. As I said in the last episode, H has been amazing throughout 12. It was the perfect reward for all his dedication and hard work. Now we just have to figure out how to do it again. The next episode, episode 13, explores the last and most contentious of the 12 different ways a woman can apparently have an orgasm. Yes, folks, it's anal. Follow and join the conversation via Instagram at 12 for pleasure. And if you feel so inclined, please rate and review where you listen to your podcasts so more people can understand how to honour female sexual pleasure. Take good care and thanks for listening.